Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd who is uh, introducing Warren to a lot less theater than usual these last few episodes. Yeah. Oh. 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 We're not a. We're not a history of of terrible uh, animated musicals. No, we're guess? not. Oh. We're not. But they're musicals, oh. so they count. Uh, and God also punishment. Techni- Goddamn technicalities. <laughs> uh, you should be a lawyer with your technicalities, Kay. You know, if if they could just create more dinosaur musicals that are not this, that would have been one thing, but no. You know, we... we... Also, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> this forgetful co-host is Warren, the uncultured and... Also musically challenged. Uh, that's why I'm uncultured. But yeah, I actually, uh, yeah, there's there's a definite uh, uh, need for good dinosaur mm-hmm. musicals. And I just think about like those big puppet suits and stuff. And oh, I can do some. some what what we, we need a raptor red musical adaptation. Oh, I would fucking love that. Um, I was gonna say I actually have been staging in my mind a Dinotopia musical, so uh, <laughs> like it, Lion King cool. style puppets yeah, and everything. That could be pretty cool. But that's not what we're talking about today. I wish it was. I, God, I wish it was. <laughs> so today we are on the Land Before Time Eight, the Big Freeze, the Big Ocho. Yes, but the Big Freeze. Um. So. No, this isn't what you're thinking because there's still more in the series and they don't go the route of the dinosaur TV show. Like well, dinosaurs, it, it, how it, it ends so horribly so, and your tiny baby K going. So I know there are such things as 500 year events, thousand year events, mm. uh, climate wise. Yeah. I don't know enough about ancient climate to know if during the age of the dinosaurs, if they ever had like really big, extensive cold winters, like a mini ice age, kind of like how we had one uh, during the American Revolution. I mean, they they probably did. Um, I know that there's polar regions, and the way that they do this really does feel like it's a climate change type, th- like it is the climate changes, but it's only for a brief snap, and it because it resolves itself way too quickly for it to be like a thousand year event but uh it, it could be like what texas is ha- having in the the polar vortex it, it could be a polar vortex that they had a polar vortex thing happened and it was from the south pole instead of the north pole because i don't mm, 
I didn't do the research for this one into God the climate it, because dino facts are more <laughs> fun than me trying to talk about core samples and stuff like that. But, but I don't know enough about meteorology to nitpick at those details. <laughs> well, me either. Um, it would have made more sense, though, if they would have had something to do with polar dinosaurs, but they didn't. <sighs> anyway, the big freeze is an odd land before time because it's actually pretty critically acclaimed in comparison to the other sequels okay like critics still have very legitimate gripes that <laughs> i have with this one too um but they also go but there's a lot more good to this one than the other ones if they had legitimate gripes i'll have to look really hard for illegitimate gripes and make those <laughs> Um, I, I have not seen this one in a long time because it honestly kind of stressed me out. Oh. Yeah, because... Is it another parent, grandparent almost dying episode? No, this one is centered around Spike. Oh, we and, haven't really had a Thag-centric episode. And it's, it's stressful. It's very stressful. Um, and, uh, one thing though, also with the critically acclaimed stuff on this one... This is another one where Aria Curzon, uh, Ducky, won the Young Artist Award for Outstanding Young Voiceover. And I forgot to mention she also won for uh, movies 5, 6, and 7. Um, but uh, our cast returns, but like I said, this is Spike-centered, and it's going to pluck at the heartstrings with him a bit. You know, that is something I should probably talk about now. Well, I mean, I guess I have mentioned that the overall voice acting for for these movies isn't terrible like mm -hmm. they, they get decent talent to do yeah. it um but i but because i i tend to be so critical i never really talk about I that i never really talk about how the voice actors do a do a good job they, they do they do do a good job and and even if you know they're kids or adults playing kids they do a good job mm -hmm. and i don't give them enough credit mm -hmm. just because the writing is so shitty and that's on the, majority the thing of them. is that no amount of good talent will save the writing in we'll this. save bad writing, yeah. I mean, it just, it makes <laughs> As it, we have talked about in other shows. Yeah, it makes it less shitty. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't elevate it to good. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of the case with these. And, um, I, this one also has some songs that were kind of like in the last one, uh, Beyond the Mysterious Beyond was treated Beyond really well. Beyond the Mysterious um, And it's kind of like the better song of all of them this one has some better songs as well and so it's it's again one of those like how do you not how do you not have that consistency kept up when you can show that you can do some good numbers yeah. it's really infuriating and it's also infuriating that the good songs are not available anywhere on soundtracks whereas the shitty ones are Really? Yes. Man. There was a Land Before Time soundtrack back, I want to say it was the first three or four movies. They just took a couple of selections and... Oh, they didn't they even would... curate the best. No, they didn't even curate the best. Like that, let's go and run around, run around is, yeah. the, is one of the songs on it. And then like they have the kids singing, and I don't even think it was the actual voice actors singing uh, If We Hold On Together in one version of it, because I found it on Spotify and then I got upset. Um, 
and couldn't finish it because they also added in some other stuff that's not from it's it's bizarre as well as discredited dinosaur facts but like discredited at the time (laughs) not even not even like oh well it was the 90s no we knew some of this stuff by the 90s but um we with this movie because i went on a tangent uh we have two characters that i'm going to talk just a tiny bit about the first character is tippy tippy is (laughs) tippy yes um he is going to be a character that when i was a kid i kind of was annoyed well by the time that this one comes out uh i was a teen because it was uh 2001 so uh 9-11 had just happened (laughs) and um so i was i was in that state i was in kind of a uh sort of stage because the world is going to hell and god damn it why do i have to deal with tippy and then change and then, uh, like later, I came I came to appreciate Tippy and what his role is in the series, uh, because he does come back in the TV series as well. Um, but we also have a voice actor who we all love and adore who comes in for this movie. Hmm. You may remember this guy from Benson and Soap, from oh, Raf- oh, from oh, Lion King oh, as Rafiki, ah, and from yeah. Half Life God, Two God. as Eli Vance. Oh, I didn't know he was Eli Vance. Yes. God, uh, oof, 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 oof. And he he uh, he was also. Uh, wait, wait, wait! Oh, I don't want to get my black guys confused. <laughs> was he was he in Pippin too? No, no. That's Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen. That's who I was thinking. No, not Ben Vereen. <laughs> Ben Vereen was not in soap. <laughs> so, uh, so it's not racist because I get white people mixed up. So, Carrie Fisher, <laughs> rest, rest, please, please, Carrie, Which, don't force choke me. This guy also is dead. I, I cried when he died because I adored him. Robert Guillaume. <sighs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Guillaume. Like, I'm going to remember that. Sorry, Robert. No worries, baby. Sorry, Um, Robert. (laughs) But uh, he is going to be in the show as Mr. Thicknose. And... (laughs) God. I have been... With too many anti-Semites. That is not not where I thought you were going. Uh, 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 God damn it. As soon as I heard that, Mr. Thicknose, I just picture this guy with this big old honking schnauzer. Schnauzer! Schnauz? I know schnauzer's a dog. I think I meant to say schnoz. <laughs> I guess I should mention to our uh, listeners, it has been a a uh, uh, unusually busy week. Well, last couple of weeks for Kay and I, uh, uh, with with trying to to find a, a place to live and uh, spending all of our free time pretty much driving around the valley uh, and s- trying to beat out of state investors. Oh, on, on a side houses. note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, he's 
Goddamn. He plays Mr. Thicknose and received the nomination for his work on the DVD exclusive awards. Which, speaking of Mr. Thicknose, mm. guess what time it is? <gasps> time for K's Dinosaur Facts. <laughs> Was that a pigeon trying to imitate crickets? It, it was just, <laughs> it was me trying to do a pigeon, and then my uh, throat was like, you slept with your mouth open and the CPAP on tonight. <laughs> you monster. You mean last night? Last night, whatever. Long week. Long couple weeks, yes. So, we're a little fried over here at the Tone Deaf household. This week I'm going to make the guessing game a little interesting. Because this guessing game has to do a little bit with the Land Before Time's naming conventions. So, <laughs> like I said, we're talking about Mr. Thicknose. Without guessing the exact species, do you have an idea of what sort of dinosaur he might be? Like theropod, sauropod, hadrosaur, stegosaur, anky, notosaur, ceratopsian. It's, and it's an actual dinosaur. It's an dinosaur. actual dinosaur. Because you want to know what my first thought was with it? Because we've been talking about Ark a bit lately. Uh, was a Parasaurolophus. Uh-huh. Because now when we play again, I'm going to get one I name him Mr. Thicknose. Uh, <laughs> let's see. But uh, I want to say that... Uh, oh, crap. Don't... I want to say that uh, my initial gut feeling is that he's a sauropod. A sauropod? Okay. Well... He's a ceratopsian dinosaur, a little bit smaller than a trike, with the largest one so far being 26 feet long. Trikes got to about 30 feet long. Mr. Thicknose is going to be a centrosaurine dinosaur, so think short neck frill but can be ornamented, with a large nose horn that will be larger than the brow horns. That's what uh, distinguishes centrosaurine from chasmosaurine. So far, this name is going to be on target. But uh, he is a bit unique, because he's going to be a dinosaur without brow horns or a true nose horn. But he has a very unique appearance and is known for the unique bosses in place of a brow and nasal horn. He's also really popular with the ladies, because his nose ain't the only thing that's thick. <laughs> See, that's where I thought you were going at first. <laughs> It was discovered in Alberta, Canada in 1945 and described in 1950 by Charles Mortrin Sternberg. This was a Campanian-era dinosaur living from about 71.5 to 69 nice million years ago. <laughs> it would be an herbivore like other ceratopsians. However, Mark Witten's posts about omnivory are pretty interesting and basically puts ceratopsians as similar to pigs, which I like because... I've been on a dinos on a dinotopia kick a little bit, and that's what they call Bix as a hog parrot instead of just Protoceratops. Like they're all, oh, she's a hog parrot. You know, and it does make a certain amount of sense. They got that that beak that they would mm -hmm. probably be omnivorous and not just herbivore. Well, and it's also because of the teeth in the back, because the teeth were more for cutting, which doesn't make sense for the type of browsing that they would have done. And so it's kind of like, well, maybe. Every so often they come across a corpse, or maybe it's like with deer or uh, other herbivores that'll come across a body and just go, well, food's yeah, food. Yeah. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Opportunistic, like, <laughs> opportunistic uh, omnivore. Like at the body farms where uh, they 
put up cameras and found out that deer were one of the first animals to come to a human corpse. Um, <laughs> different idea on Bambi there. Um, <laughs> come, Bambi. A hunter was slain in the forest. It's time to eat their flesh and consume their strength. It's it's wild. But uh, in this, all the good go all the good guys, except for Chomper, so far, are herbivores, so he's an herbivore. Um, so, it, what it seems with this, because the nasal boss isn't necessarily something you can defend yourself with, it mostly would have been a means of display. But, as with everything else, Helena fucking Walker has a different idea. <laughs> so, she sees this nasal boss and is like, oh... I know it's not hollow, but what if it was? And this is her claim, and it's fucking crazy. When threatened, its massive nasal boss releases a chemical into the air that calms other nearby creatures, making them less likely to attack it, and then is like, but it also can seemingly invert this phenomenon and at will and will coerce creatures into attacking it. It's not a Pokemon, Helena. It's not, it doesn't have sleep powder and poison powder. It yeah. doesn't have pheromone dust. It's not a goddamn Pokemon. But yeah, it, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's probably on par with Dilophosaurus spits venom and has yeah. a frill neck. But guess that dinosaur. Mr. Big Nose? Mm-hmm. Oh I thought dang it, I thought you said what it was. It's a ceratopsian, but I didn't say what type. Oh, so Helena that. Walker says that it releases a Centrosaurus. A centrosaurine. Centrosaurine. It's got a nasal boss instead of a horn. A nasal boss like a... Like a, like a little like lump. A hook? Oh, like oh, a hook? Like a lump on bump. his nose. It's not a... Uh, uh, no, because the one that you really like has an ornate frill. No? Wait. Is it... No? Shit. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is an arc. And yeah. an arc it releases pheromones that can make other creatures attack. Oh! <gasps> Oh, oh, god, oh, duh, gaga, no, 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 that's an Edmontosaurus, that, no, wait, shit, uh, ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. So, it is our lovable Pachyrhinosaurus. Oh, oh, god, they, they have pheromones? Well, in Ark, yeah. They do? Yeah. I, it's stupid. I, I, but... Yeah, and the ornamentation that they have on the one in Ark isn't necessarily accurate, but yeah. Is that, that... the one that you really like? I like Proto... I like, Protoceratops, uh, that's the one yeah. I was thinking of. Ah, okay. I like Protoceratops and I like Styracosaurus. Pachyrhinosaurus is cool and all, but I don't know. I like the other two better, um, but neither are in Ark unless you get the skin for trikes to have styracosaurus frills and I will hang my head in shame. It's okay, baby. We don't usually tame that one cuz <laughs> it's okay. It was kind of funny cuz we were talking about it the other night, too. Yeah, how many times do we talk about something right before we record and then you're like, "Warren, we talked about this today, like <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Why don't you remember?" <laughs> What's funny is I almost did a whole thing that I was like, no, he'll remember that. I, 
I love you and I love <laughs> how much faith you have in my memory. I would die for you. I would kill Aww. for you. I would live for you. But I can't yes, seem to remember. Live for me. I can't seem to remember things for you. It other is okay, than baby. Don't give you raspberries and to give you shrimp tails. Excellent. And stuff like Those that. Those are the two most important things and to remember. That you like dark meat. Those are the three most important things to remember. And you can't have beans. Four most important things to remember. Uh, I think that covers all immediate necessity. Oh, and that you're allergic to just about everything, like medicine. Yeah, five things to remember about me. There we go. The weaknesses of the K. (laughs) I just realized that our filter still has the dick on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tad dusty, and we graffitied it. It is a tad dusty. Anyway, yeah. Pachyrhinosaurus is Mr. Thicknose. Ah, Mr. Thicknose, he bangs your wife <laughs> so. when you're at work. <laughs> she curls in delight. I don't know what curl. I should have said moan. Wrong lyric. I was going to go with toe curling, but my brain didn't didn't quite get there. This is why any musical things we do in the future... Uh, you will, you'll be oh responsible God, for. Oh my God, that was great! But yeah, we're, we're. Uh, I think we're. That's all for this part of the presentation. Do you have any questions before we go? Uh, watch the eighth movie in this installment. <sighs> Eight movies, so uh, it's a downward slope, cause it's all downhill from here and right into the ground where everybody dies in a fire explosion (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the big freeze yes um does is there well then again i guess these movies don't really deal with supernatural phenomena really there's never been a case of like legitimate magic no all we've had is like science fiction stuff with alien dinosaurs breaking the prime directive (laughs) so i assume that the cause of this is it gonna uh, just tell me yes or no if i am pretty close Mm -hmm. is it a case of the great valley freezes and they have to leave the great valley again because there's no food because everything's frozen Ah! so the great valley freezes but they don't leave the great valley it's you're partially right you are partially right in that the great valley freezes yes but only one character may need to leave. Oh, and that's why it's a Spike-centric movie. Hmm. Interesting. So, And I assume Spike doesn't talk more in this. It's mm-hmm. going to be like Wally, it's... and he's just going to be a little bit more... Yeah, it's... <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a bit emotional. Like, for for one of these movies, it's in, in the more dealing with stuff that... You know, it, it, this one... I would say deals with a little bit of stuff that would hit kids closer to home and is more relatable. It's kind of like the last one had that lesson that, I mean, they kind of fucked it up, but uh, they had a lesson that was definitely more like, hey, kids, 
the bad guy might be the dude that's your uncle. Might be coming, yeah. <laughs> the villain might be living in the house. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say since Spike doesn't have any other Spike tales around in the Great Valley, it's going to deal with stuff with him not having a family and maybe Mr. Big Nose is... I also didn't know my family, which is why I fuck every bitch that I can, because my father was a deadbeat father, and I'm going to be a deadbeat father, too. I mean, Thick Nose, I will say right now, is not a father figure to Spike. Okay. Because he's a Pachyrhinosaurus. He's the teacher of the kids. So, and we've never seen them go to dino school before. Yeah. So this is a new development. I mean, I guess they're old enough to go to dino school. I would imagine that each dinosaur I... would learn about dino school related things from their given parents because that's who teaches them how to be feel... their type of dinosaur and putting them all in a collective classroom. Is I feel it... like it's more like a Rudyard Kipling Baloo situation more Except for that Mr. Thicknose doesn't beat up the kids. Because <laughs> Baloo teaches all the young wolves in the actual book, the Jungle Book. And he smacks Mowgli around mm. all the time because he smacks the wolf puppies oh, around. Oh man, don't you miss those days when you could just hit strangers' kids? These are the laws of the jungle and many and mighty are they. Living in Utah, I would like no. to smack some strangers' kids. <laughs> anyway, shall we go and uh, watch this Spike-centric film? Oh, I thought you were going to say, shall we go and smack some strangers' kids? No. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your kids. I could watch your kids get smacked by a stranger all day. <laughs> uh, but yes, let's go Let's go watch Thag on his amazing journey of heartfelt uh, uh, issues regarding why he doesn't have uh, uh, mom and dad and he has to deal with Ducky's mom. Let's go. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Oh my god, I know words. Yeah, I love etymology! Spooky ooky. Murderer. Double murders. Zombies. Horror is always political. Mm -hmm. I don't like that at all. Hi, I'm Alex, and I'm a creep. And I'm Sunshine, her creep-enabling best friend. Together we tackle all things horror. History, politics, science, and sociology. From zombies to serial killers. Pomegranates and Pitchforks is a horror and true crime podcast that brings true stories and not-so-true stories together in beautiful and disturbing harmony. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. So, what'd you think of that one? Well, let me 
go through all the thoughts in my head while I sip upon this ice-cold, refreshing water. (laughs) So, this, I think, is another one of those Land Before Time movies where they try to have a good moral or kind of a more um, real-world issue yeah real world issue but it gets kind of convoluted like i've Mm -hmm. i'm starting to notice that rather than having like one one main moral that that they they can kind of arc through the entire movie and then come back on the end to be like and Today I learned this. Yeah. They try to have two or three. Mm-hmm. And the it's issue, a shotgun blast. And the issue with that is that you you can't really do all of them well with the time that you have in mm-hmm. the film. Uh, Agreed. This one was not my least favorite mm-hmm. that we've reviewed. Yeah. However, it is pretty close for... The biggest issue that I have with this <laughs> is how nobody is bothered by the snow initially. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, no, snow is cold. Like, if you if you live in a humid, warm climate, you... Like, it would have to get... no They, they would have to be like, man, it sure has gotten cold recently yeah. before snow would even show up. Yeah, like, this feels like... This movie feels like it was written by people <laughs> who do not live in an area that gets snow. Yeah. Because yeah, that's, that's, that's even accurate. as a kid, it bothered me a bit because I was just like, um, I know what snow is and you feel the white bullshit coming and yeah. you just prepare yourself for the white bullshit. I mean, if you live in a if you live in a state that has uh, bipolar weather like Utah mm-hmm. and some of the other states where it can be like. Like, oh, it's 70 degrees yesterday, and then today it's snowing. You know, yeah. it does stuff like that during the uh, the uh, springtime months. You know, mm-hmm. it can be a little, little, little wackadoo like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, like, you know, there's, there's a slow, gradual drop-off mm-hmm. in temperature day after day until it gets to the point where, hey, yeah. it could snow. Yeah, the and fact- even then, like, the day that I always think of was when... It snowed in the morning, and then by the end of the day, it was 80 degrees. And that was in January. Yeah. (laughs) And like I mentioned, like, bipolar weather. Like, it's... uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I know I've told you about it. When I was working at a a gas station mm -hmm. uh, years ago, um, it was April. We had this, this weird thing where, like, the weather was fine, and we're like, oh, cool. You know, I guess... You know, we're starting to actually finally get into the springtime. And then on April 1st of yes, that year... I remember that. It snowed. Yeah. And then the next day it came out, was warm again, it was all gone. And mm-hmm. I remember joking with coworkers, being like, oh man, Mother Nature, you know, sure did pull an April Fool's on us. Mm-hmm. And I had... And uh, uh, there was this girl who'd come in to buy smokes, and she was from California. Because mm-hmm. I you know, had to check her ID and everything. And she came in on that day... <laughs> And as I'm ringing her up, she just she just was kind of, you could tell she was annoyed, she was bothered stuff. And then as I'm ringing her up, she looks at me, she goes, "Why do you live here?" Yeah, just <laughs> upset at Utah weather. She's like, "It was sunny yesterday, and then it snowed today, and just kind of thing." And I was just kind of like, "Um, 
<laughs> I guess I'm desensitized to the madness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go back to California, I guess. I don't know. Like, uh, the this one really bothers me that way. Because <laughs> even then, you get rain to cool things down before yeah. it snows. Yeah. Like, it, like today. Like today, ruining our going to the gun range. Yeah, our... <laughs> Yes, it was well. It's funny because it started. Yes, we're leftists with guns. <laughs> it, it, it was raining, and then it started to snow, mm. kind of thing. And that's a, that's a natural transition, you mm-hmm. know, raining, and then it gets colder, and then the the rain turns yeah. to snow. That is a natural weather progression. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, boy, it's nice and hot in the time of the dinosaurs. What's this? Oh God, uh, what's this falling frozen sparkly sky star? Yeah. And yeah. So we'll talk more about that. But yeah. I feel like I have front loaded this part of the episode with ranting about the inaccuracies of weather and how dinosaurs <laughs> would perceive said, said weather changes. You know, and this whole thing could have been solved with them all having the proper integument, but what do I know? <laughs> If they have feathers, you mean? Mm-hmm. Or at least the ones that would have had feathers having feathers, like... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, shall we begin? Yes. The land before time ate the big freeze. <laughs> Another sip of my water. Yo, my water. We open up in the void and a distant star. <laughs> then, uh, Mars? It's a red planet. And then the red planet takes up all of the screen and obscures the title. But then it zooms in on Earth, but it was red. So, not sure. I don't know if it, they were trying to do the formation of Earth. It was like a big swirling red... It, I mean, it looked mm-hmm. like... I don't know. It was it was it was a red planet. Yeah, it was a red planet. It looked like it was swirling red dust, mm. and so I don't know why all of a sudden that's Earth. Maybe it was supposed to be the formation, but it because it does show you know some volcanic landscapes, but then it's like as it pans, it goes right into valleys mm-hmm. and dinosaurs, and so it's yeah. kind of like well, not quite the same transition we've seen in past movies where mm-hmm. they show like the creation of everything and then. Yeah. The planet. It's like, you get the drill. That's that's kind of how these openings Shit was hot, feel. then it wasn't, then there was water, then there's dinosaurs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get going. Come on. Come on. We got a movie. Come on. We got five more of these to get through. Six more. However, however fucking many we have. Um, but yeah, it does kind of feel like that they start rushing the intro of the movies and they're just like, you know the drill. You've seen the other ones. Or you haven't and you're lucky. Like... <laughs> Go see the last one if you want something good. <laughs> uh, but yes, so. Uh, it opens up on Earth, Mars, whatever it is. But Padre Tops is the one narrating. And he's been the narrator for almost all of these. Has he really? Yes. Are you sure about yes, that? Yes, John Ingle. The he only one a... he isn't a narrator on is the first one, and that was Pat Ingle, who played uh, Ruder, the... Ankylosaurid type dinosaur that oh 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 yeah 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 mm-hmm. the one who Littlefoot meets after his mom dies yeah gotcha um yes I did recognize the voices on those two but I, I did not realize it was 
Daddy yeah, Tops. Yeah, Daddy Tops it. narrates. Because he... Up until his voice actor dies. He, I mean, he does a fairly good job of not sounding like his character mm-hmm. when he's narrating, mm-hmm. except in this except one. Except for this one, where I you picked go. it out immediately. I was like, this is Sarah's dad narrating. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen this before. Then you inform me, yes, we mm-hmm. have. He just was acting yeah this one he's like fuck i need a paycheck <laughs> he's just like uh... long long time ago before the dinosaurs get the fuck on with this <laughs> oh wait you want me to do some hackneyed moral at the end fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh but yes padre tops narrates but not like a dick and he talks about how our planet earth a long long time ago millions of years in fact take that young earthers anyways <laughs> A long time ago, there was a (laughs) a long time ago, there were big fucking lizards and big fucking birds. But before (laughs) birds were known, (laughs) but before birds as we know them today. Anyways, some birds could jump, some could swim or climb or rub their belly and pat their head simultaneously. (laughs) Others were complete pieces of racist crap and others were libertarians that lacked the compassion and objective reality. (laughs) And others had trouble sleeping. The dino. Some have sleep apnea. Some have sleep apnea. Yeah, there you Yo. go. There you go. Some have sleep apnea. The dino in case who is having trouble sleeping is Ducky. Yep, yep. And, st- oh, I almost slipped up on that. And Thag has sleep apnea <laughs> and is snoring and keeping Ducky up. And when she tries to beg and plead for him to stop snoring, he flails and crushes her to death. Roll credits. <laughs> Just kidding. The lack of air to Ducky's brain helps her to sleep or something of that nature. <laughs> you know, she looked a lot like when Steve when Latte laid her head on Steven that oh one time. God. Did you ever did you ever post that to Tone Deaf social media? I have not. That would be a funny that'll, one to That'll post be on with this. for this episode. That was that was pretty damn funny. Uh But yes, and so Ducky gets Ducky is able to finally fall asleep from a lack of air to her brain. But uh the next day in Dino class, Ducky is sleepy. <laughs> and sleepy-eyed and falling asleep in class. Mr. Thicknose, the dinosaur teacher, is trying to give his history of evolution to the students. And they're like, How do you know? If it was a long time ago, how do you know it happened? Which, yeah, Mr. Thicknose, do you have microscopes or carbon dating at your disposal? (laughs) But Mr. Thicknose is basically like, Well, if it didn't happen, we wouldn't be here to discuss it. Mm -hmm. So shut up. (laughs) Onward. The kids keep interrupting Big Nose, and he's like... Thick Nose. Uh, he's called Big Nose from here on out. <laughs> oh my god. And he's like, damn it, you little bastards. I will stomp you all. This is <laughs> this is before children have rights, you know, and teachers could beat you if we wanted. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Anyways, as Mr. Big Nose directs the kids to, to look at, a, at some uh, spike tails who have wandered into the valley for food, Thag sees them and is like... Because Thag doesn't talk. But, <laughs> but lo- his eyes tell you everything. But he looks sad at seeing some of his own kind. Because, you know, he's adopted and all. Mm-hmm. Big Nose continues his lesson and talks about how the hollow horn dinosaurs can make loud noises through their hollow horns. And Baby Steps, the troll, blows into <laughs> a log that's behind Mr. Big Nose. Yeah. And... <laughs> And it scares the shit out of everyone, causing Big Nose to run and smack into a tree and crumpling at the base of it. Baby Steps <laughs> is like, Ha ha! It worked! You were right, Mr. Big Nose! 
and Big Nose thinks about murdering Baby Steps, but then remembers <laughs> that his grandfather is huge and could stomp him into jelly. It reminds me of the False Knees comic with uh, the Sparrow teaching the kids in tree class. And one of the kids is like, what kind of tree is that? It's a beach. <gasps> you swore! Ha 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 ha! And he's just like, just do it for the or Do it for the trees, Mark. Just do it for the trees. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Those so comics, I, I those love comics are great. Sneeze. Those comics are great. <laughs> Onward! Class is dismissed. And as the baby gang walks away, uh, home? Yeah, I guess I assume they're mm -hmm. walking back home. Yeah. Their, their classroom is, like, in the forest, so yeah. I guess they're walking home. I think that uh, whoever wrote this one, it might have been Charles Grovesner. I know that he directed it, but I feel like they had just read the Jungle Book and went, <laughs> Oh, this is nothing like the Disney cartoon. We can do this. <laughs> <laughs> we can take some of this and incorporate it. We can't have Mr. Thicknose beating... Little foot into the ground like Baloo, but. <laughs> and these are the laws of the dinosaur jungle. <laughs> Many and mighty are they. <laughs> and these are the laws of the valley. Yes. But the beak and the claw of the law and the scale and the feather say, obey. <laughs> I, I fucked that up a little bit at the end, but. <laughs> eh, it still works. <laughs> So yes, as they're walking home, they start to play with a melon like it was a sports ball. And Sarah <laughs> sees Ducky, who is pouting by a pond, and is like, what's wrong with you? And we're all surprised by Sarah's attempt at being concerned for someone other than her. <laughs> Character growth, I guess. Anyways, Ducky is grumpy because of not sleeping and having a bit of a feud with Bag. Sarah is like, you need to just... Be a bitch and demand your way. That's what I do. Come on, I'll show you how to be mean. Meanwhile, <sighs> <laughs> meanwhile Fag, special, special Fag. Fag falls down a hill and rolls and comes face to face with another spike tail, but a younger one that's pink. And Fag is like... Because <laughs> again, he doesn't talk. But he has a sad face suddenly. And he has a sad face. And suddenly, an adult mama spike tail comes from off screen to be like, Remember, Tippy, I hate you, which is why I gave you the name Tippy. <laughs> and Tippy is like, Look, mama, friend. Tippy's going to be attacked by birds in a later movie. <laughs> is he? It was a Tippy Hedron joke. I, I don't get that reference. That's the name of the actress and the birds that Alfred oh, Hitchcock threw birds, birds at. Oh my god. <laughs> gotcha. But we did Hitchcock, gloss Hitchcock, you sick, sadistic you fuck. Sick son of a bitch. Um, we did gloss over the uh, song. It's not that, there yet. Oh, that's yeah. right. Song comes, comes later. Comes up later. God, I hate that song. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, Tippy's mom. Talks about how she doesn't like her son, which is why she named him Tippy, because Tippy's a dumb name. And uh, <laughs> Tippy is like, look, Mama, friend. And Tippy Mom is who I don't think we ever learn her name. So she's just Tippy yeah, Mom. Yeah, she's just Tippy's mom. Yeah. Tippy Mom is like, oh, another spike tail. We'd love to meet your family and socialize and talk about spike tail things. And Fag walks away all sad. And the two new spike tails are just like, oh, he seems nice. It, that yeah. part made me laugh how the completely tone deaf mm -hmm. Tippy's mom was to Fag's body language. Mm -hmm. Because he is visibly, like, sad 
and yeah. then like walks away and she's just like oh it's so nice to meet the locals you yeah. know just like you dense bitch <laughs> yeah i god this one this one bothers me a lot and it's it it stressed me out as a kid, but now it bothers me as an adult. <laughs> the interactions that go on—they're yeah, they're a little, they're a little. This one's a little problematic yeah. with the <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a fair bit of it. Anyways, Tippy's mom sounds like your stereotypical Midwestern housewife, but she seems nice. Mm-hmm. Back at Ducky and Sarah, Ducky is practicing being mean, going. <laughs> But she has no skill points in this, so she's really, <laughs> really bad at being mean. Sarah, however, is a fucking expert-level mean person, and Sarah <laughs> gives some tips, but then launches into a song about how to be a mean bitch. Growl and snarl, turn your nose up like you smell something bad, and other being mad-slash-mean-slash-angry advice. And Ducky is like, what if I start to feel bad about being mean? And Sarah is like, feel bad and it's, why it's, i never feel bad the whole thing isn't being mean they're saying being mad but they teach being mad being mean it's not a good song about learning to show anger it's a song about how to be an asshole yeah it which is true because like ducky is always so positive mm -hmm. and that's the thing is like ducky's issue right now is that she isn't able to communicate that she's upset mm -hmm. with Thag in inappropriate means. And yeah. so Sarah is like, I'll show you how to how mm -hmm. to be angry and to communicate anger. Yeah. But Sarah is just so aggressive mm -hmm. to everybody yeah. that it's it's not it's not the appropriate healthy anger. Yeah. And the thing that really bothers me is that you never get that resolved. She never learns how oh my to God. be appropriately angry. You're absolutely right. We it never is, do. It is it's it's the it, worst way that you could teach this it, lesson. It starts out, but then it tapers off as the as the larger thing happens. Yeah. And what's interesting too is that uh, now that I'm thinking about it, later on, Ducky does have some some outbursts which are are kind of reasonable for the context of what's going yeah. on. Yeah. But. So I, I don't know. So maybe Ducky does kind of learn how to... But they never show how she did, and that doesn't help with teaching children about anger. It's a... But remember, Kay, that's not the focus of this episode. But if you're gonna start that lesson, you gotta finish it. Kind of carry it through. I would say it, it's, oh. it's, it started, and then it kind of hinted at, but mostly glossed mm -hmm. over. And so you're left to just kind of either piece it together mm -hmm. or or it's it's kind of background noise yeah and i will say one thing because this leads into the other mini moral in this because again there's so many fucking morals in this one but one of them <laughs> is because they keep falling into this pitfall of littlefoot has to be the center of the movie no matter what even if the movie is not about littlefoot we have to have something that he's going through and the whole Littlefoot and Mr. Thicknose thing could have been its own movie. It really could have. It and could have been its own movie. It could have done movie. it better. But I, I do absolutely agree with you that, because like even with, with uh, uh, The Stone of Cold Fire, that is a little bit more of a Petrie-centric yeah. thing. But they but, keep but they trying still to make it Littlefoot. be a Littlefoot like, movie. I mean, Littlefoot is the main character, but mm -hmm. with all the sequels that you're having, 
he can take a backseat every yeah. now and then. But yeah. at the same time, who knows what who knows what the rules were from on high? The people who actually write the checks and, and okay everything. Make me money. Yeah. <laughs> More or less. It it, it just it, Do make as much money with less of a budget. It really bothers me though, and this one really stuck out to me the most out of all of them, that this is such a everything's little foot all the time no matter what because this movie should be about ducky and spike yeah it should be about about ducky Ducky and spike Spike. there was no need for it to be little foot and his troubles with mr thick nose and we'll talk about it later because i mean it's called the big freeze so listeners who are listening that have never seen it can piece it together that snow Mm -hmm. comes to the great valley and you actually could have probably taken away that whole stupid subplot or mm-hmm. that whole stupid plot and made it a more genuine movie about you know I, I guess I guess what it boils down to with Spike and 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 uh, Ducky is it's a story about identity and family yes yes and I like that's what I meant earlier when I said that it's it's a more real world mm-hmm. issue and it I do like it when children's media doesn't try to pull punches necessarily like it tries to go yeah you know kids experience this mm-hmm. kind of thing and it's another it's another great example of why you know you and i are such big fans of steven universe yes but that's you know of course it's a more contemporary uh, uh children's show and since the adults doing that um really were smart in the way they handled a lot of stuff yeah it's kind of it's i don't know it's kind of this different era of animation where when we were kids so much of the animation was well, kids are dumb and they'll watch anything, and then you, occasionally you'll get that person who's able to make their vision, and they will and they will really go for it. Mm. Like treat kids like adults, and I don't mean in a mature way, but in like a a don't talk down to them. Well, and this also deals <clears throat> a lot with, and this movie kind of has it too, the nine 80s and nineties attitudes of trying to be colorblind with regards to race rather than understanding like the underlying currents and stuff with uh, racism and things like that because they kind of fall into the black brown purple pink green people sort of conversation with this by showing it being different species of animals but then you have these different species having these stereotypes it's a little bit problematic when they try to do some of the things that you can put on, like, like the whole story with this is foster care, almost, with Spike being, if Spike was a human, he would be someone of a different race from Ducky and yeah, her that's mom. that's absolutely correct. And the way that they handle it in this is really fucking problematic because of the way that they deal with <laughs> spike tails it, and <laughs> it's kind of like blacks should be together whites mm-hmm. should be together mm-hmm. asians should be together and, and that they because then even when things resolve towards the end it's just sort of like it's like spike's uh it, it's like the spike tail that was taking spike with her it, she's not necessarily the bad guy. No, not at all. But the way that they have it is that it's such a negative thing that Spike's going away even though he needs to because there's not enough food. And when you're a small child watching it, you're not going to necessarily agree with that. And you're going to be, well, why is she taking Spike? And 
So we'll it, talk about that. Yeah, and when it gets to it, but, but it's, I because I disagree with you a little bit mm-hmm. on that, and I just I feel like they handled it badly because they make it such a they don't explain to Ducky enough about why Spike. And they don't even explain if they, <laughs> this is a temporary this, thing. This, that's true. You're 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 entirely correct. They don't yeah. even really explain it to the other characters. It's just like, okay, this is happening. Yeah, and they then don't just... explain it. And then that leads to the conflict that didn't need and, to happen. And again, it's because they try to juggle too many balls rather mm-hmm. than just mm-hmm. focusing on polishing that one beautiful ball. Yeah, and it's, it's where I sit here and go, I, I caught what you were doing, but I was in my own head. Um... I, I sit here and look at, like, Dinosaur Train, which handles the different species in a way that instead of it trying to be an analog for race, it is legit. These are different species mm-hmm. and we all have different niches. We're not humans because mm-hmm. humans are, you know, any human should be able to have rights to do whatever humans do. It's not like, I'm a three horn. My beak is is uh supposed to be used to process food towards the back of my mouth. I'm a hadrosaur. I do this. I'm a brontosaur er, and a patasaurus. It just, I, I really struggle with some of these later ones. And especially because you realize that it's always been there, but they start to ham fist it a little bit more in ways that it's like, oh, this is so 90s. This is so 90s, and this is why we're in the situation we're in, because we never had a good conversation about these topics. We always had it just very surface level, and surface level to keep people who do need to be made uncomfortable, comfortable. That's... Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And this was... This movie is a shitty look at race theory and at transracial adoption. <laughs> we have to protect the sensitivity of white people. That's what it feels like. Well, again... That's what it feels like, because it kind of has a weird thing about that, because then, like... Because in some cases, being adopted by somebody who doesn't understand your background isn't the best thing. Like, doesn't understand what's best for you isn't always the best thing. You can be of a different race and sort of learn about, okay, this is what you're going to be dealing with, so I need to be extra careful to protect you from this or to prepare you for this, like how my mom prepared me, even though I'm not adopted. But, you know, she did a very good job of that, whereas there are some parents who will be horrible to their black adopted kids. Yep. And so I, and then there are some who will be well-meaning, but not prepare them for the harsher times. And that's kind of where Ducky's mom falls in a little bit. Cause she's not preparing Spike for, if there's not enough food, what are you going to do? <laughs> Cause you have to eat a lot. I mean, considering how many times the Valley has gone through something where there wasn't enough food, Uh I mean, that seems to happen like every other movie. (laughs) Yeah, it it really... This is where things really start to fall apart. (laughs) Yeah, they they definitely kind of reuse some of the same... uh, uh... Yeah, they could have done this one without any of that. Okay. But they didn't. It's true. Because I didn't write it. 
rewrite of this. Take out the little foot subplot. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> I just imagine there's someone in a boardroom somewhere going, No! Littlefoot must be at the important in every story. Then call it Littlefoot the series. <laughs> yeah, there or Littlefoot and Friends. <laughs> Dino pals. <laughs> okay, but yes. So, back at uh, notes. Sarah <laughs> is doing her song about how to teach Ducky to be angry, to be mean. And uh, Ducky's like, well, what if I start to feel bad about being mean? And Sarah's like, feel bad? Why? I never feel bad about anything. I'm Sarah. <laughs> and then Sarah yells to show Ducky. And we see Padre Horns being <laughs> like, he's in the distance. He's like, ha ha, that's my bad bitch of a daughter. <laughs> and it made me laugh how he's just like, that's, it's another good example of how uh, uh, we learn from the mm-hmm. adults in our lives too we learn by example so it's like yeah sarah learned to be mean because her dad's mean yeah and uh, <laughs> this goes back to my stop using animals for human analogs and then having because like it would make total sense for why sarah has to be so aggressive and why her dad is teaching her to be aggressive is because you're a prey animal you have a means of defense use that means of defense yeah but they don't do that they just go oh she's mean because she's mean and not because this is what they have to deal with you have to be aggressive because there are creatures that want to eat you yeah and so that aggression is used as a deterrent to be like you're not eating me motherfucker yeah <laughs> but uh what was i gonna say about that along those lines it was a important point that was both witty and philosophical and now it slipped from my mind oh well uh the song ends and we jump to baby steps who went to talk to his jeepa but mr big nose is talking to him and is in his, <laughs> talking to his grandfather and being like your grandson questions authority, and I won't tolerate that. <laughs> I'm the oldest, and therefore the wisest. So that little shit better listen to me. And Baby Steps stealths away before the adults can see him. Later in the day, g spots Baby Steps moping by a pond, and Baby Steps is like, I saw you talking to Mr. I'm the oldest and wisest and have mm-hmm. a big nose that I'm named for. And Jeepa is like, oh, I know you're not being disrespectful in class. Wait, <laughs> you were being disrespectful behind Mr. Nose's back, weren't you? <laughs> and Jeepa levels with baby steps and is like, your Jima and I have you, but Mr. Big Nose and Big and <laughs> Mr. Big Nose and Bigger Ego has no one, no one except himself and his self-importance. He has no one to tell him that they love him. Or respect him. So he complains about the youth not listening to him. It's pretty standard for old, unlovable, yet-to-be fossils. And Baby Steps is like, Okay, I'll do better at <laughs> placating his massive ego so he doesn't bitch to you. And G-Paw's like, That's a good boy. And he walks away saying that he won't tell his G-Ma about all this. Speaking of Mr. Thicknose... Did I tell you that this is the first black voice actor we have in this series? You meant you didn't mention that in part one, but you mentioned it when we were watching. Mm-hmm. Which blows me away that there isn't mm-hmm. that he's the first black voice actor to be in the entire show. Yeah, and we don't get another one until the one of my least favorite movies, and then we have another one in uh, 
the wisdom of friends, which is also bad. Why Do, are why? you know you know what I will say for it though? Mm-hmm. At least they didn't have him in a incredibly like stereotypical oh, and I disrespectful way. I, what I, comes to mind? I would have snapped the de- the video yeah. in half as a kid. What comes to mind is uh, when I saw the, the, the terrible, terrible Michael Bay Transformer movie, like the second one, and they have the two like ghetto ass robots that are just yeah i never saw that one because of that because i knew i would get angry and i was like yeah at least they don't don't need that they don't have any i don't need that in my life like that but yeah uh wisdom of friends we get i believe we get koopa gooding jr in it oh cool Mm. oh Mm. oh no wait does he play like a therizino or like something with feathers okay I, I kind of, sort of, have some memories with that, and he plays, like, a dumb, goofy dinosaur, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I am starting to formulate an opinion about these regarding race <laughs> that, as I'm watching them now, I'm going, oh, God, oh, no. <laughs> Especially when I found out the characters that I always coded as black are never voiced as black or voiced yeah. by black voice actors, and I'm kind of like, damn it! <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> that's that's my little rant. <laughs> One of many. One of many. Same with me. Uh, but after Baby Steps talks with his jeepa about uh, disrespecting Mr. Big Nose, because nobody loves him and <laughs> he has no one to, to appreciate him, mm-hmm. we then cut to that night, and Baby Steps is, uh, sees some snow falling and is like, oh, boy! cold sky stars that turn to water when you touch them (sighs) and then baby steps gets bored and falls asleep immediately (laughs) the next morning he's telling mr big nose about the frozen sky stars that turn to water when you touch them and mr big nose is like that's dumb that only happens in (laughs) far away places where immigrants come from to get away from the falling frozen stars god damn it which if we're aware of it why don't we have a name for it Anyways, Mm -hmm. the scene changes to Ducky and her twins playing Splashy Splash, and Thag looking sad because he can't play with the ducks. (laughs) Mama Tippy and her crotch goblin stumble across them and is like, Well, 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 we meet again. And then Mama Tippy is like, Huh, so you're raised by water splashers, huh? Well, that won't do. And then she and then she asks Mama Ducky if Thag can come visit his own kind. You know, like mm-hmm. Raptor Jesus intended. <laughs> and Mama Ducky is like, um, yeah, if Thag would like to. Which Thag does. And then as they're walking away, Mama Tippy is like, this is an adoption plot, so you'll spend some time with your own kind and have to choose between your adopted family or a new family. I fucking hate that. I fucking <laughs> hate that so much. And then they walk away to join the spiketail herd, while Ducky and Mama Ducky look a bit sad. Like, can we not do that with adoption stories, please? What? Because it basically, because it, you know, it implies that people who look alike have to be together well and not even that but like oh well your adopted family isn't your real family yeah that and it pisses me off because again while i am not adopted i have known a lot of folks who've been adopted and who have had like 
the family that adopts them loves them so deeply mm-hmm. because that is their family. And I'm just, <sighs> it, it, uh, I, I, it rubbed me wrong as a kid and it rubs me wrong even more now, but now I can say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're trying to tell me is you have no strong emotions one way or the other. Because I, I do have strong emotions. <laughs> Um, because, like, if we were to have kids, they would be adopted, and I would treat them like they came from me, because my love for them would still be that strong, and I would never let them see this one until they were older, (laughs) and be like, want to see how shitty adoption stories were when I was a kid? (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Because, oh my god, Barney covered it better. There's an adoption story in Barney that always wrecked me as a kid and it came on like every other week and it'd be like fuck you barney (laughs) god damn i must have missed that one it's a really sad one they have a bunch of puppies in the kindergarten that they're in and this girl sings this sad song to the puppy about how someone will love her because she was adopted and she's upset because she was adopted and then is singing to the puppy and then by the end of it she ends up adopting the puppy but it's just such a fucking like hey kid hey kid want to cry want to cry about this other kid who's an orphan who's adopted hey how do you like me punching you in the heart an orphan nah (sighs) was she a pirate too no okay nor was she a little redhead okay but, but she, she did end up with a dog. But was she a modern major major general? No. Okay. Well, that covers all my questions. Oh, my hell. <laughs> all right. So at the Spike Tail Herd, Thag is having a gay old time, frolicking with Tippy, colliding with Tippy, eating food with Tippy, drinking mm-hmm. water with Tippy, and the rest of the baby gang sees Thag with his new friend, and they're like, oh, this is the plot of the movie, huh? And walk away looking <laughs> sad. We then cut to Mama Tippy talking to Ducky's mom and deciding to adopt Thag into their herd. And Thag is like... Because Thag doesn't talk. But his (laughs) internal monologue, I'm sure, went a lot like, Sweet! I'm tired of being the dumb one in the group. And he runs (laughs) off with his new family, all while Ducky is like, Now that he's gone, I'm sad. We cut to that night and Thag sleeping with his herd, and Ducky sleeping with hers, and then more frozen sky stars fall to the ground. More and more and more, and then suddenly the individual frozen stars are pressed into a type of wet sand that clumps together and is cold. We should really come up with a shorter name for it, since frozen sky stars that fall to the ground and turn to water when you touch them is a mouthful. (sighs) Ah! Anyways, Ducky and her family wake up and uh, don't seem to be bothered by the cold sky water at all. They're just like, it's so pretty and sparkly. And we see Thag and the spiketail herd covered in cold sky water and Thag eating some, then experiences pain in his headspace, which, okay, so he's capable of experiencing a brain freeze, but not cold on his Mm -hmm. skin. Mm -hmm. What? I don't understand. I really don't. Because even... 
I, I sit here and go, was it because they were starting to go, well, maybe they are warm-blooded, and still, instead of still. understanding that warm-blooded animals, A, can feel cold, and B, the ones who aren't as bothered by the cold, have things to protect their skin mm -hmm. from the cold. You can't <laughs> have it both... You ways movie and that's, and that's coming from me what, what makes me bothers me that too is we've seen them be cold in other movies mm -hmm. like at nighttime and they're huddling together and they're shivering <sighs> yeah guess what guess what was not around when, snow yeah yeah it just snow was not around at the times that they were cold but now that snow is around they're not cold and i feel like the whole big freeze thing was also just to have the scene with all of them playing in the snow maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> I feel like that's the only reason that it exists. <sighs> Anyways, the adults then gather together and they're like, what is this slippery stuff that apparently isn't cold to us? And Mr. Big Nose is like, I've never seen this ever. And then the adults overhear Baby Steps talking about how he saw this before last night. And they're like, if Mr. Big Nose knew this was happening, why didn't he say anything? We're all very disappointed in Big Nose, who, who we thought knew everything. And Mr. Big Nose gets sad and slinks away, y'all. I thought I knew everything, too. Thag tries to playfully nuzzle Ducky, but she gets mad and walks away and then throws a spherical hunk of cold sky water at Thag, who has it explode all over his face. And then he eats it. Yep. This causes a herd-wide spherical frozen sky water fight. <laughs> Kids and adults having a gay old time engaging in some playful fun, but the fun is cut short when we get a jump forward and the trees have lost their leaves and the cold wind is blowing hard through the valley and everyone seems to finally be experiencing cold padre horns yells at big nose for not knowing that the frozen sky water brought such cold which would then kill all the green food and because everyone has because everyone uh, eh, eh, and cause everyone to go hungry from said killing of all the green food big nose gets big sad at padre horns tirade <laughs> i love though grandpa long next thing about i'm glad you yeah do you like this now little foot <laughs> like at first like at first when after the the snowball fight you know they're walking away and little... the frozen sky water <laughs> the <laughs> spherical frozen sky water fight uh baby steps is like i like the sparkly frozen stars or whatever and then it cuts to the trees being dead and all the wind blowing through and they're the baby steps is trekking through the mm -hmm. snow with his grandfather as this howling wind is chilling them. He's like, do you still like it, little foot? He's like, no. Yeah. And at one point he reaches up to grab the tree star and the tree star blows off into mm -hmm. the, and that's where Mr. Thick nose runs into the tree star. And then, uh, Daddy Tops is like yelling Fuck at you. him. Yeah. Cause he's getting ready to eat it. And he's like, you don't get any food. You fucked up. Dumps it. Like, yeah. Waste of food, you well, It makes dick. me laugh when they do that. I'm like, it's still edible. Yeah. You could still eat it. Yeah. And his feet are clean because he's been washing them as he walks. <laughs> it's, it's, God. The spike tail herd is like, well, I guess all this frozen groundwater is our cue to leave. And Mama Tippy is like, does Thag want to leave his established friends and family and come live with his own kind? And Thag has to think and think and give some sad looks to Ducky and to Tippy and to Ducky. And then Ducky is like, 
If you have such a hard time deciding, then I'll decide for you, yup, yup. So go, go, go. And then she stomps away. And that's the one I was going to say that that is an appropriate expression of anger mm-hmm. on Ducky's part. Because I get I get Ducky feeling hurt. Like, you're my brother. Like, you've been yeah. part of our family for all of this time. Yeah. And you can't decide who you want to be with kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I get, and I feel like that's an appropriate expression of anger for Ducky. Yeah. You know, and like she's understandably upset. Mm-hmm. And and I I get that. But at the same time, it's like that's the only time we really see her having that appropriate expression of anger. And then nothing is ever really talked about yeah. it at all. And then that's kind of the last that we see of it. Yeah, and nothing from uh, her mom trying to say, Ducky, Trying to explain anything is... to Ducky. Yeah, there's, it's, it's so shitty. And at the same time, too, the way, I actually can't remember if I have it in my notes, but I'll read it, but we'll talk, I'll talk about it first, but we have that, this part where the way that they're describing it is Thag is going to go with the other spike tails because of how much food they need to eat. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, we'll be back. Like, it's not like it's a forever thing. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, sure, it might be a whole year or something, Mm -hmm. but Thag will be back. Yeah. But they're treating it like it's you know, he's gone forever kind of thing. Like, he's going to go live in a different Great Valley. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I did want to talk about that. Um, but then, continuing on the note, after Ducky stomps away, Thag decides to go with the rest of the Spiketail herd. Seeing that their, uh, seeing their friend leave causes everyone to sing about what makes a person family. Mm-hmm. This is, is it being similar and, is it, eh, is it being similar and stuff? Is it, it's not a bad song. It actually has some heart to it, which yeah. I, I appreciate. But it's not as good as it probably could have been. It's mm-hmm. definitely not the worst song we've seen to date in this series. But it's, it's also not the best. But it's definitely not the best. It's one of those... I, it seems like... Sometimes I feel like the way that they do the songs is that whoever's writing the music and whoever's singing the lyrics, they don't have it together. Like, no. Like, the people singing are just imagining what the song is going to be and the people writing the music are like writing the music to the singers. Yeah. It's really fucked up and not the right way to do it. Mm-mm. Like from my understanding of songwriting, usually the way that it works is the music is written first and then lyrics are developed to the music. And from but also I know that that can depend on the artist and the group doing yeah. it. Yeah. But that's what I remember being told is like for mm-hmm. a lot of like rock groups they will do the music first and mm-hmm. then do the lyrics and it'll depend because sometimes um like i will do it both ways when i write i can imagine that it depends because you might have uh you might have music in your head that you really like and Mm -hmm. then you have to decide what the lyrics are going to be for that song yeah or you're writing you know poem or something or lyrics and then you have to decide well what kind of music fits this lyric Mm -hmm. so i can see it both ways however what seems to be the case throughout the whole series is that that's neither neither has it like there's no music for the singer to sing to. yeah there is there is only one song that i can say was not written that way and that is beyond the mysterious beyond yeah because it is the one song that you can sing easily and have it go okay this like it's it's a song that keeps a theme going through uses a chorus, a verse, a chorus, a verse, a bridge, a chorus. 
and so many of the songs, like this one included, it's it's kind of like William Shatner talk singing mm-hmm. is how it feels a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so even if the lyrics have some good weight to them and it, yeah. it has the potential to be a good song, it's just not done well enough on yeah. its own. And so that, that bothers me. And like I said, I get really critical of these shows and it's mostly because... I want to like them. Mm -hmm. I want them to be good. Yeah. And when it feels like they just kind of half-ass it, that's what makes me frustrated. Same, because, like, this one could have gone, this whole movie could have gone through another draft and been on the level of Stone of Cold Fire, because I do kind of put that one higher up on the list of sequel movies. I think that's fair. And this one... It could have gotten to that point. I think that this one being rated higher on like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff than Stone of Cold Fire is unfair. I, the only reason I can think of that they went that is because of the quote unquote like moral of the movie because yeah. it's dealing with harder hitting stuff like mm-hmm. adoption and feeling like you belong and and stuff like that. It's, it's more f- well. I mean, the other- and I would agree with them if they did those morals better. No, exactly. And that's that's mm-hmm. where my hang-up comes with it. Yeah. But, yeah. So, the song ends, and the song concludes with Ducky and her mom being like, mm-hmm. He'll always be family, and we'll always love him. Again, they've, ex- they've stated they will be back. Yeah. This herd yeah. will be back. And that's why... <laughs> it's like going to live with your aunt and uncles for a year yeah. or something like that. But they're treating it like... <gasps> He's gone forever! And that's why they really fuck up the adoption-slash-foster angle of this. It just... It makes me so (laughs) frustrated, because this could have been done really well. Again, they could have said it was aunts and uncles that were coming through. That would have been better. And you know what? That would have actually been a better plot, is if it turned out that Tippy and Tippy's mom were related to Thag in some way. Just yeah. kind of like, oh, you're my sister's egg or something. Oh, yeah. you know, so, who knows? Who knows? Because and because we do get the scenes with Ducky's mom talking to Tippy's mom about, about how, well, Thag, you know, he didn't have any parents, and so we found him, we just adopted him, and mm-hmm. they could have easily written in something being like, oh, during that big earth shake, yes, you know, my so-and-so or whoever lost their egg during that, and... You could have had it implied that maybe this is part of his family. Yeah. And even if he was separated from them, he was raised by somebody yeah. else. And it's, I don't know, it's 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 convoluted in the way that it's executed. It yeah. could have been It could have been better. executed a lot better. And instead it gives you these horrible mixed messages about adoption and being an adopted kid and foster and family. And it bothers me. <laughs> I don't mean to start laughing like I uh I just thought of when we do our land before time uh, uh recap of all the uh-huh. movies like the, the final conclusive okay we're done with the series let's mm-hmm. let's give our final countdown of it <laughs> what's your overall thoughts with the land before time series could have been better mm-hmm. like you want to extrapolate on that no could have been better could have been better look at the other ones <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> that's pretty much where I'm at yep. Uh, yep. All right. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. So after the song, we see Ducky pouting on a rock, and her mom is like, Fuck up, Duck. Thag will be back <laughs> to visit, and besides, Thag needs more food than we do. Uh, 
kind of went into somebody else's voice. <laughs> These spike tails seem very nice and other reasons. And Ducky is like, I know! And then she thinks of a lie so that she can leave and go on an adventure. She lies and tells her mom that she was supposed to go meet her disgraced teacher and, and uh, scampers off. We then see the rest of the baby gang making a snow or er, frozen groundwater dinosaur sculpture <laughs> that looks like Thag. All while being like, why, why would Thag abandon us? Why? And then Ducky's mom shows up to be like, hi, kids. I'm here to catch Ducky and her lie because she said that she would be here with you talking to your disgraced teacher. And Ducky is not there because <laughs> she's following Thag and the others being like, who knew Spike Tails could move so fast? Yep, yep. Speaking of Spike Tails, <laughs> their herd is moving and slips on some frozen ground sparkle water and end, up, <laughs> and end up sliding down the, I guess it's a hill, not quite a mountain, sliding down the slope and end up in a big herd-wide Spike Tail pileup. We cut to the and rest. somehow they don't all die I of kept, impalement. Every single time one would crash into the back of another one, I kept imagining, like, their neck getting impaled with spikes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, how did that not happen to at least one of them? Granted, kids movie, I know. but We showed death in the last movie. Come on now. I mean, they showed, <laughs> show death in this one. They show death quite frequently. <laughs> yeah, but like death of herbivores. Because oh, usually true. it's of sharp teeth. That's, that's true. It's true. Uh, but yes, they end up in a pileup. We cut to the rest of the baby gang, who, knowing now that Ducky has lied to her mom, decide that she must have gone after Thag, and they set out as well. They run into Mr. Big Nose, who is like, God, I hate children. <laughs> but then is like, wait, are you leaving the valley and heading out into the mysterious beyond? I can't allow that. Your parents will literally kill me if they find out you left and I did nothing to stop you. So, I guess I'll go with you on this adventure full of certain death. <laughs> the old man and young children find the spike-tail tracks. Petrie decides to do some flap-flap and fly up to see if he can see the herd. Petrie gets caught in some cold wind and freezes and falls to his death. All while his friends just... Watch him plummet to the ground. Mm -hmm. Petrie is able to glide to relative safety, but then causes an avalanche, I mean, a mountainside <laughs> falling big pile of frozen sparkly sky water. The big frozen slush buries everyone, but they're all okay, I guess. <sighs> Not like avalanches are notoriously incredibly deadly. <laughs> yeah, like I said, this was done by somebody who does not know how snow operates. <laughs> They've seen it in pictures and in movies. Yeah, it's like even even in other cartoons, avalanches are generally shown as like... I mean, Mulan used it to kill an entire Hun army. Yeah, she killed an entire Hun army. We don't know how the... Uh, leader got out of it uh we also see it happen in balto that there's an avalanche mm -hmm. and that scene fucked me up as a kid holy shit i already don't like cold and snow and stuff like that so being buried alive in cold i think mm -hmm. is is the scariest is damn scary. thing however public service announcement if you find yourself ever buried in an avalanche you could be end over end over end and buried and may not know which way is up the easiest way to know which way is up if you're buried in avalanche is to spit because your spit will follow gravity and will mm -hmm. go down. 
Yep. So that's how you know which way is up in an avalanche. The next best thing, just don't fucking ski. <laughs> don't. Just. <laughs> oh. That just, that's if what... God meant for us to be in snow. <laughs> it's one of those sports that I think about and I'm like, Why? I, I, we live, I mean, we live in Utah, which is like ski country. I mean, you know, greatest snow on earth. And we have a huge skiing industry. I never, and I, like I had a friend when I was working uh, at a, at a, uh, uh, notorious pizza chain <laughs> who moved to Utah specifically for the snow, specifically to ski. No. In, in the winter time. No. I. There's uh, better things in this state. Uh, <laughs> like. I, did you have mandatory ski trips? I had two that I did when I was in school. So and I did two uh-huh. because then I, I didn't I didn't like them. It, the first time it was like, oh, this is new and exciting and something different. Didn't have that great of a time. The second time is when I almost died because I decided to go on. I was dumb and decided to. <gasps> you go, did the same thing I did, didn't you? I decided to go on a. Uh, uh, you know, a diamond that was too high mm-hmm. for my skill level mm-hmm. because I don't know what I was thinking. I was 10 mm-hmm. uh, and I almost died. And then I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. It's cold. It's wet. I don't like it. Yeah. I would rather be at school doing math than yeah. skiing. <laughs> I, so skiing and I have a hate-hate relationship. Um, <laughs> from fourth through eighth grade, it was mandatory. And really, yes. And I want to say it was sixth or seventh grade that I got my medical exemption because of my loose ligament condition that they were like, nope, they can't go ski. Do not let this child hurdle down a mountain. (sighs) But one of the ski trips, um, I did something similar, but I think it might have been a green hill. It was either green or blue. And I wanted to go with the other kids. And I think it was the other black kid got me to go with him and he did fine i got like i got stuck in and couldn't get my way down and i had to get help basically getting down and then i'm finally like okay fuck it Mm -hmm. i'm going to the lodge and i end up skiing into a snow drift like (laughs) i turned it into an art project because (laughs) for uh and i got blue ribbon for it and it was basically like a cutout of what happened, and there's the snowdrift, and then I did, I skied straight into it with my skis sticking out and everything. <laughs> like a cartoon Like character. a fucking cartoon <laughs> character, but it was terrifying, because I was already scared, because I had already been lost on this fucking mountain. If you and I had gone to school together, we would have both just been at the lodge being like, skiing is dumb. Yeah. Let's talk about dinosaurs. (laughs) And we couldn't even, like, hang out in the lodge generally, because it was, no, you're supposed to be out skiing, you're supposed to be doing stuff with the rest of the group, and it's like, no, fuck that. Mm -hmm. I was not built for this. If I was meant to be in snow, I would have been born with woolly fur like a fucking woolly rhino or woolly mammoth, but But I'm not. But then you'd be extinct. I can't do the trumpeting, but yeah. Ah, that tickles my lips. <laughs> I scared the dog. I'm sorry, Goober. But yeah, uh, no, they, this should have... Uh, this whole movie is done by people who have never experienced how horrible snow is. All right. <laughs> Anyways. 
after the avalanche that doesn't kill anyone. We cut to Ducky, who is further along than the rest of the gang, yelling and yelling for Thag as it echoes and echoes through the distance. The noise attracts a sharp tooth who chomps after Ducky. Ducky kites the sharp tooth into the others as she flees. And then Mr. Big Nose... Well, yeah, so Ducky kites the sharp tooth into the others, and as they flee, they leave Mr. Big Nose behind to mm-hmm. his certain death. But as they flee, they kick up some snow. I mean, spherical frozen sky water, and I mean, sphere big spherical frozen sky. <laughs> uh, okay, this is starting to annoy even me. <laughs> they roll a snowball down the hill. And it gathers mass and then collides with the sharp tooth, knocking it out. Or at least immobilizing it. That should have killed it. Yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty big and powerful. I could see it knocking the wind out of him and maybe knocking him out, but I don't know. Still, I I think that the amount then of again, speed no, it gained, right, it, it should have killed him. Yeah, it, it would have been like getting hit by a boulder. Yeah, the... <sighs> snow is horrible horrible. it's not fun it's horrible (laughs) anyways after the immediate danger is dealt with ducky is like yeah i left to find thag and mr big nose admits to the children that he's a big he's a big phony he's he's a big (laughs) phony who doesn't know everything and in fact he's never been into the mysterious beyond so he's popping his exploration cherry in this adventure <laughs> and as they're walking the baby gang is like great an inexperienced lying geriatric is our guide <laughs> how could this get any worse and then it gets worse because snowstorm and high winds i do love that though when it's like how can this get any worse and then it cuts to a literal storm bearing down on yeah them. you had to ask <laughs> i love that sarah is our meta dinosaur sarah is the this. meta she's the one who points out that the the things that carry over from movie to movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And it is pretty damn funny. We cut to the others in the Great Valley being like, Oh shit, the kids are missing. Again. Why are we so bad at keeping track of the next generation? A couple awkward animation cuts later. <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah, the the some of the animate. I don't animation know. and sound. Yeah, there's some. You know what I will say for this one? None of the flyers have transparent wings. At true, least. I mean, true, but but yeah. at what cost? <laughs> we either get flyers with transparent wings, but a decent story and decent music, <sighs> or we bad. get flyers without transparent wings, and this. I yeah. <laughs> we can't win. We can't. You can win. You can't get even, and you can't get out of the game. What is that People from? keep that saying really things are gonna change, but it looks just like they're staying the same. You get in way over your head, and you only got yourself to blame. Sin, you can win, child. You can't get even, and you can't get out of the game. So please don't laugh too hard with how wrong I'm going to be on my guess. Yes. Is that from The Wiz? Is it? Oh my god! Look at me! (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) 
now comes the other question of which one uh was that the oh shit the movie version yes and okay. it started with the movie version Woo! it's in both okay that you saw okay but, but it's in... performed differently yeah okay wow look at me Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Somebody listening somewhere just lost a bet, and another person listening somewhere is very proud of me. <laughs> I'm happy that you got the whiz. That that was all I needed. I can I can be taken up now. <laughs> no, not without me. Uh, okay, yeah, so a couple of awkward animation cuts later, and our gang of adventurers find themselves at a frozen lake. Mr. Big Nose takes one tiny step on the lo- on the ice and slides onto the ice. He almost guts himself on a <laughs> jagged piece, which would have been, <laughs> which would have at least provided a tauntaun situation where the kids could have huddled inside of his innards for warmth. Jesus Christ! But alas, and then Sarah would be like, "Wait a minute, I have other instincts cropping up." Oh no! Scientists are discovering that I was probably omnivorous. I'm like a pig. (laughs) Alas, instead, Mr. Big Nose breaks through the ice, and we learn that uh, the water is warm because there's a hot spring and uh, some food. So while the gang grubs down and warms up, they ask Mr. Big Nose why he's such a big fat liar. And Mr. Big Nose is like, I wasn't always a big fat liar. I started out as a little liar, hearing stories from travelers, then telling those stories as if I lived them myself. Eventually, I grew from a little liar to a big liar, and people thought I was li- I was wise because of my big lies. And Mr. Big Nose sings about how you're never too old to learn. And the singing in the song is really bad. The lyrics aren't too bad, and it's one of those... because he can sing. It's one of those, hey, this song has a decent message, but the execution is shitty. Yeah, it it was very... More than the previous song, this one was basically him speaking while music was going on. Which makes... Which I feel like that reinforces why the songs in these shows are so bad, is Mm. that when they're recording their dialogue, either they have no music... Yeah. Or... Something. I don't yeah. know. Because, like, why? Why why be that bad? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it, it really bothered me. And I feel like... I, I do feel like they didn't use Robert Guillaume to his strengths in this. Which, that's just me being a Robert Guillaume stan. Um, and feeling like they didn't use him to the best potential. But, yeah, it, the songs in this one especially after having seen Stone of Cold Fire so recently, I'm like, you motherfuckers had it in you to have decent songs throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I I just, I really don't know. And it, it bothers me that this show gets as many movies as it does with how half-assedly they do a lot of them mm-hmm. because i want them to be good mm-hmm. I, lo- I still still love the original land before time yeah and i would love to love all of them mm-hmm. but they're just so half-assed yeah they are very hit or miss mostly miss and even the ones that are a hit it's like only a hit in some aspects too mm-hmm. it's just okay onward the song ends and the kids are like hey 
we could just stay here at this hot spring until the frozen sparkly groundwater goes away. But then they're like, but the passage to the Great Valley is blocked. And then Big Nose is like, hey, that mountain. I've heard about that mountain from others who have actually adventured beyond the Great Valley. The Great Valley is on the other side of that mountain. But surely we can't climb that mountain. And the kids are like, uh, have you not heard about any of our previous adventures? <laughs> we'll climb the shit out of that mountain. <laughs> The scene cuts to the Spiketail herd, who are all cold and freezing to death, and then Thag, fucking Thag, <laughs> being the bloodhound he is, smells food in a snowstorm. It's it's because he is living outside of his normal niche, and so he's had to figure out how to get as much food as possible, and so his olfactory bulb is much better developed because he is just constantly having to sniff out food because his friends drag him everywhere. Yeah, but snowstorm. Sniffing no, out I, food in the snowstorm. I'm, I know. I'm I'm just a, I'm just trying to rationalize how the fuck Spike Ew. did that. Unless he more smelled the sulfur pool. Cause there's no way that that Hot spring does not smell like rotten eggs. Which I did not think about until just now. But yeah, they never comment on that. Because yeah, it should have. We don't see them drink any of the water either. Mm -hmm. Because it would have been sulfury. Because mm -hmm. um, even like crystal hot springs up in Idaho smells when you're up there. It does not. It it's It has a very distinct smell. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Thag, being the bloodhound he is, smells food in a snowstorm. He just sniffs the air like a dog, and Mama Tippy is like, What is it, boy? Food? You can smell <laughs> food? That makes about as much sense as long necks using their tails to grab stuff, but okay, sure. Or long necks holding up the sun. What? Never mind. Anyway. Is that um, in a later movie? Anyway, what, what's oh, going on next? God. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the scene then cuts back to the baby gang as they climb the mountain. And Mr. Big Nose is about to quit like a big old quitter, but then sees the sharp tooth and is like, Whoa, shit! And runs some more. Through some shenanigans, they manage to throw a tree at the sharp tooth, who uh, slips and rolls on it right over a cliff to his off-screen death. Mm -hmm. The kids are like, Whoa! Our teacher killed a sharp tooth. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, hey, we're at the top. We can see the valley. But the passage is still blocked. So Sarah uses her banshee whale to bring down the uh, packed snow ice barrier. And the kids catch the adults up to speed. They restore Mr. Big Nose's honor among the adults by being like, we watched him kill a guy. We can tell you guys more about our misadventure, but let's do it over food. And they lead the rest of the herd to the hot spring and the green food. As everyone is eating around the spring, we see the spiketail herd following Thag the Bloodhound right to the warm water and the green food. While everyone is eating, the kids are playing, and Thag ends up falling under the ice in a deeper part of the water. And as he's flailing and drowning, he cries out, Mama! And mm -hmm. Ducky's mom dives through the ice. Um, I mean, the really frozen water stone. <laughs> 
that is slick and shiny. And she rescues Thag, being I, like, that's my baby! I do love, though, when she dives in that you've got Ducky hugging Sarah, and it's just like, I don't want to be an orphan like Littlefoot! <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Which we never ever see Ducky's dad. No. Even though she keeps having other siblings. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, who knows? He's a weekend dad or whatever, pops in for some, I don't know, TNA with his baby mama. I, uh... Maybe he maybe he works nights. <laughs> <laughs> He works third shift. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm at the gas station. <laughs> where, where are you getting gas? <laughs> it hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're, two, note, two notes left. We're almost done. So, yes. Uh, Ducky Mom rescues Thag. And then it gets, uh, I guess... It gets decided that Thag wants to go back to being with his ducky family, but he can visit the Spike Tales whenever he wants. Which, um, explain, movie! It's established that this Spike Tail herd migrates. Yeah. So, no, he can't visit you whenever he wants. If anything, you're visiting him when you come to the Great Valley. Mm -hmm. So, say what you mean and mean what you say, movie. Oh, wait till the TV series, because this comes back. You first draft done, send it into print fucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse when we get to the TV series, because this exact line comes, like, it. it's like they threw this whole ending out with the TV series, and it's... Why, because the Spike Tales just live in the Great Valley now? No, but they're, like, tippy and, uh... Spike aren't allowed to see each other. And so it's, it's, it's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. <sighs> Anyways, the narrator comes in to be like, well, the cold wasn't the end of the world, and eventually it got warm again, and all the frozen water became regular water, and everyone was happy again in the Great Valley. At least until the next catastrophe occurs, forcing our heroes to <laughs> forcing our heroes to leave literal paradise. Anyways, the end. And I... he ends it with the whole and Ducky was able to sleep. <laughs> and it's like fuck you, movie. <laughs> it, it's so all over the place. Yeah. It, it it yeah. This this one, I I did not like it very much, and. Like, I want to give them props for trying to tackle a more serious topic over mm -hmm. the course of this movie. But again, they they did it in such a, a half-assed, yeah. poor way yeah. that you, you, like, you want to give them credit, like, but it, it really just feels like you're giving them, hey, at least you tried, kind yeah. of kudos. Yeah, you're giving them that gold star with, <laughs> you tried an MS Paint just, on it. Yeah. Participant. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. I, uh... They fuck up the adoption message. They fuck up the anger message. They, they add fuck in... fuck up cold. They fuck yeah. up snow. Yeah. It's... it's. I, I... While the last one screwed up the uh, 
the whole they're the bad person can be in your family message because of Ducky's song. At least they waited until the last act of the show to do that. Whereas with this, it's like they just were like, eh, fuck it. Kids will watch anything. We need to make money. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like sometimes. I, yeah, so <sighs> we've complained about this one a lot, and yeah. I feel like I'm done talking about it. Me too. So what's the next one, Kay? So the next one is going to be one that uh, spawned a video game. What? Yeah. And I saw the graphics for it and had to remind myself that this was 2002 PlayStation. We are going to be going into The Land Before Time 9, The Journey to the Big... Or Journey to the Big Water. I'm looking this up. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, God. Yep. Uh... You know what's funny is Googling uh, the Land Before Time video game. And Turok comes and up. <laughs> Turok pops up. Yeah. Decidedly not the Land Before Time, but a much better dinosaur-based video game. And I guess there was a racing game for the dinosaurs. And not like a running racing game, but like yeah, with wheels. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Uh, just, just... And I don't, I don't feel like this one should have spawned anything other than derision. <laughs> but that's just because I don't like this one. And what's it called again? Because I didn't want to hear it, and so I didn't listen. The Land Before Time 9, Journey to the Big Water. Oh, that's right, Big Water. Which I've already brought up. We already saw the Big Water in number five when they meet up with... But now they get to reuse that song. Do they reuse it again? Mm-hmm. What? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's it, not even the thing I hate the most about this one. <sighs> yeah. Oh, thank you all so much for <laughs> listening to this rant-filled, unenthused episode of Tone Deaf, where we talk about how our childhoods are being destroyed by terrible... <laughs> Terrible direct-to-video sequels. These direct-to-video sequels were my childhood. But we've established that you had an unfortunate childhood. (laughs) So, if you uh, would like to reach out to Kay and I to maybe, you know, give us some words of inspiration, like, you guys can do it, you're almost done, we believe in you. You can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our social medias, our Twitters, our Facebooks, our Instagrams, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server, where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. Please feel free to stop in, say hi, and just kind of shoot the shit. If you want to provide some serious bardic inspiration and help us out, (laughs) you can do so by going to iTunes or whichever podcast app you use and leaving a five-star review. Those really help out the show. And uh, if you put a review down, I will sing it. I will sing it if you review it anywhere. Uh, Podchaser... The bathroom wall. Just take a picture of it and post it on Twitter so that we know. (laughs) Just picture this, like, multi-paneled picture of, like, a review that's scribbled somewhere. For a good time call. Um, 
for a good time. Listen, uh, if you want to go above and beyond, you can uh, visit our Patreon, which is Tone Deaf Musical. There we have multiple tiers that you can donate at. If you want a more tangible way of supporting us, you can go to our Tee Public and get T-shirts, masks, hoodies, etc. But again, thank you all so much for sticking around and helping us and providing that inspiration to us because we love you, dear listeners. We love you very much. We do. And that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Deaf. That fried chicken smells so good and I want to eat it. It's baked. Baked fried chicken. Baked fried chicken. Bredo. Chicken bride. Keto breading baked. The next movie from Tim Burton, Chicken, Chicken Bride. Oh God! Don't 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 give him any ideas. Don't don't give him any ideas. Is there gonna be a song called Chicken Fucker? Scramble the egg. I mean, the hen laid an egg, but then the hen got laid. Jesus.